boys and girls, ladies and gents, it's that time of the week again. Not sure if this will be a weekly um, program, uh, you know, show. Let's put up a show now. Let's do what we do here, uh, which is talking about shit, you know. Talked about um, Hearts and Bones by Paul Simon yesterday. Every time that I talk about an album, I eventually, most definitely ended up listening to it afterwards because it's just, you know, how it works. Puts me in the mood to listen to a particular record speaking about it. And um, doing a little bit of research afterwards, I came, I knew that already, but for some reason I forgot. Uh, it was it's a breakup album, right? Uh, Hearts and Bones from uh, Paul Simon, and it's a interesting breakup because it's Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, from a famous actress already uh, passed, uh, already passed away in 2016. So they got married in, um, I believe it was in the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s. I don't necessarily know, but yeah, they were married. Uh, and that that was the breakup, the the alluded breakup, you know. Uh, so some of the of the lyrics are directly uh, making reference to her, and she always said that she really liked him, um, you know, as he is really likable. Uh, they ended up being being amicable until the end, amicable. Until the end, um, yeah. So that probably explains a little bit of the of the of the paranoid and Woody Allen um, aspect of it, right? The 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 role, the whole uh, neuroticism that is the that the album has to it, in contrast with the sweetness of of uh, Paul Simon. So yeah, just forgot that fact. It doesn't change anything that I said, but it's it's pretty much it. It's one more aspect of it, one aspect of it that I didn't that I didn't cover. That's it. Uh, just a, a little bit of a course correction there that I didn't say yesterday, uh, or you know when you listen to this album, uh, to that podcast, particular podcast. All right, let's go. We do have now three hundred and two. Records to go, which is a lot of records. So let's generate the number. Two two eight. Let's see what that is. Two two eight. Two two eight. The Beatles. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Again, uh, one more repeated artist. I've talked about. Rubber Soul, so so far of repeated artists here, I have Kanye and uh, Kanye and the Beatles, which coincidentally are the artists from which I have the most albums in this list. I think that it's nearby five albums, I think, each of them, because I'm a big fan of, of both of them. Uh, Rubber Soul. I might have said something about Sgt. Peppers, I don't remember. I might have some uh, said something already about Sgt. Peppers. But 
if you compare with any other uh, record from them i mean okay so let's talk phases right uh, Beatles have uh, at least three very distinct phases and you can pro possibly find out which one is the end and the beginning of each phase uh, Sergeant Pepper sits in between of course uh, it's the beginning of the of the last leg of their career which the apex will be White Album and of course the, the swan song would be Abbey Road then you have Let It Be as well as a nice compliment there, which is a great album in, in and of itself, but comparing with the other ones, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a more of a compliment. It's, it's a companion piece to, to Abbey Road in a way, uh, but that's not the point. And then you have the famous trilogy. You have the psychedelic trilogy, which is Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Sgt. Pepper. Uh, you have three very distinct phases, right? You have the more classic rock and roll, more inclined to to what Chuck Berry and Little Richard and Elvis and to some extent Bob Dylan and Rolling Stones and the Kinks and all that, the British invasion phase of things, beginning of the 60s, from 61 to 65, kind of, 64. And then you have with Rubber Soul is the beginning of the maturation process. With Rubber Soul as well, it's when they... Uh, a couple of things, right? Change with Rubber Soul. Uh, you have the the Eastern influence coming into into play, very strongly through through especially George Harrison, famously um, very very uh, adept to that to to those. Uh, the, you know, he he grabbed a lot of influence, especially the way that the sitar. Display him as a guitarist. I imagine that the sitar was a very interesting instrument because it's like not only the 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 you you can build harmonies with a guitar, right? You can I mean chords are essentially a way of building harmony, but with the sitar, it's harmony and rhythm and of course melody at the same time. So you have those three aspects of music. Uh, in one instrument, uh, the the rhythm in there, of course, is not percussive rhythm, but it's if you listen to to Indian uh, music, you can, you can figure out how the sitar um, can bring some rhythm, even if it's just the staccato and uh, the arpeggio of the notes coming together, because it's, it's a very fast instrument as well. So that's that's one aspect. Uh, of their influences becoming broader and broader, um, broader, yeah, well, right, more broad, right? You, you get, it. you get what I mean. You understand. Um, that's one aspect of their influences being more, more vast. And obviously, you have the the quitting of making shows, making live performances. Also, that took a huge. I'm speaking about rubber soul in that case, right? Because it's it's all a con continuity uh, within this period of them as a band. Um, so, yeah, you have them quitting doing live shows, which took a, a big weight of their of their shoulders, right? Because they had, as a band, you have to think how things play live, 
because you have to have some type of conversation between live recording, uh, a live performance and a, st a studio recording. So that's something that musicians take into consideration, how many, mus how many instruments they will require, how big is the show. That's something like, it's, it's a business side of things. It's a logistical side of things, but I mean, of course it takes into consideration in, when the production is happening. So Rubber Soul, it's a little bit more grounded in that understanding. Uh, the influences are... Of course, there are more Eastern influences. There are more like uh, or orchestral instruments as well, orchestral uh, sensibilities in the in the production. Uh, Revolver would be the thing that would blow everything out of out of out of the water, right? Because I mean, how it's possible to play Eleanor Rigby live, right? Because it's 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 almost all orchestral. Uh, replicating that once for a recording and having like many days of a recording, it's easy on a tour, 20, 30 people to play in an orchestra for one song, it's not that viable. So eventually that's what I mean by things getting out of their uh, their shoulders in terms of uh, how the production, the production side of things impacted the logistical business side of things. Because things in a live setting have to be more stripped down. Um, but Rubber, Rubber Soul started that. Revolver, of course, cemented that notion that they wouldn't be making more live shows. Sgt. Peppers is the apex of the psychedelic mid-phase. Some people consider Sgt. Peppers as, uh, Sgt. Pepper as being like the, the beginning of the last phase, the beginning of the end. It's quite, for me, it's quite clear that White Album was the beginning of the end. Uh, if you divide things by three or four, you can see that you have like the first three or four records. Help is the last, you know, Help is the apex of the first phase. Sgt. Peppers is the, the apex of the mid phase. And Abbey Road is the apex of the band itself. Because after that, they ended. Uh, Abbey Road, if you don't know, was the last recorded album of the of the group it, it wasn't let it be let it be came before they recorded let it be uh it, it was supposed to be a, a more paul mccartney centered uh centered uh project but then you know production styles and uh a few specter was the producer and let it be it was very tied to john lennon for the most part uh, him and Paul McCartney has some issues between one another because Paul really didn't like the wall of sound um, production style of Phil Spector, which was like one of the most respected producers up until that point. A, a, a big soul producer, right? Not, not much of a, not much of a um, rock and roll or you know pop producer. So Let It Be was Ken for a while those songs were canned for a while they started working on 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 abbey road as being their last album i think that was the decision from the start I, i'm not entirely sure and then they eventually ended everything and paul did the, the you know kind of in parallel all of them were 
working on their own stuff already, right? Uh, when Let It Be and Amber Road were, they weren't a band anymore. So what started the, the, the fragmentation of the Beatles was the White Album, which is a very, I mean, you have John's songs, you have Paul's songs, all of them playing, all of them, of course. As you know, they, they, it's almost like you know, Julia, it's obviously a John Lennon song. I have Marta, Marta Maidia, obviously a Paul McCartney song. So you can see traces of their solo career as well in those albums. Sgt. Pepper is probably the, the last, like, truly Ben fully formed, like, uh, collaborative uh, Ben thing that they did in the sense that Rubber Soul was like that as well and Revolver was like that as well. My, my favorite phase are those three records. Revolver is my favorite album from them. I do really, really love uh, Sgt. Peppers as well, as I have uh, loved a lot uh, Robert Soul. There's no bad Beatles records, right? It's just they don't have a, better, a bad record. They have less developed material, of course, at the beginning. But even Help is just, oh, it's such a sweet, great record, right? But they become more mature, and then the things that they were and ended up doing um, afterwards just changed so much and was so revolutionary, right? Uh, you have, in a way, with Sgt. Pepper's, uh, the beginning of an album being seen as a cultural, uh, fully formed cultural artifact, like like a book is or like a movie is. Um, an album, of course, it had some importance and it had some um, weight into cultural discussions up, up to that point. Uh, but a lot of the understanding that we have with albums being as they, they are talked about nowadays and the, the, the significant heritage that they bring to an artist and, and the catalog that they bring to an artist, it wasn't necessarily the case in 67. Um, you have an album was, it was a collection of songs, essentially. An album wasn't a artistic manifesto or, or in a, in a collage. It, it was more of a collage, not a portrait of an artist. It's very weird to have that idea nowadays because everything is so, you know, so high contrast, high contrasted and high uh, resolution in the sense that, oh, you know, you have, a, you have an album which is an iconic album. I'm looking at a lot of albums here. Kanye is a good example, right? Because each album of his, it's a f it's one thing that he did. It's one, you know, and, and it tends to be like that for the, for the most part, for the good records, uh, most of the time. It's not like... Uh, albums were, at the, back in the day before, Sgt. Pepper especially, albums were more like the collection of 10 singles that were released within like, you know, a, 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 a two-year or two-year period of time that an artist would tour, 
around the states or whatever and we toured like the the, the the europe or i don't know so an album was the collection of that period of time because the main product the main driving force in the music industry was the radio time that that artist would receive so the album was more of a companion piece to that way that the industry worked so you had the songs that played a lot in radio that became an album because then people would play that at home you you know what i mean so the market was more inclined to to behave like that the beatles of course had uh, in rubber soul and and they did they did partake in that like for the most part in their career like especially in the beginning they did partake in that type of um, idea because that was the industry what can you do right there's no way to revolutionize everything but slowly as they will progress in their career uh, the Beatles and the Beach Boys as well and of course uh, Rolling Stones is there Uh, the Who is there Kinks is very important for the establishment of the album as a as one fully formed conceptual idea of of you know like a movie or a book is right and that all of the elements that we know about music came into fruition like the cover like all of the 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 visual material and 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 you know press conferences and and that whole thing that goes along with the with the with the packaging of one artist phase right so you have that happening until it reached like a, a full potential with what's going on for marvin gay and uh you know what's what's the other one let's get it on also concept, pretty conceptual record and then you have like thriller off the wall and then you have the iconic albums right i believe that the albums from before sergeant pepper or maybe even before rubber soul because Rubber Soul and Revolver are pretty conceptual records. They are not, they are not a collage of, of stuff. They do have a structure. And flimsy and not, and not a, a little bit immature still. Uh, but they do have a structure. Uh, before 65, uh, it's more of a collection of songs that we as music fans and music people look back and say, oh, that Elvis record was so good. Because he has, you know... Anyway, you can probably say the live albums are also a predecessor to that type of idea as well, because a live it's a it's an event, it's one thing that happens. So conceptually, it's yeah, it's a unifying it's an unifying voice, um, not unifying voice. It's a unifying uh, flag concept that an album can be packaged towards, and also it has a structure, right? Because you have beginning to end and all that. So the, the most important thing that Sgt. Pepper's probably brought to the, besides the production side of things and, and being like really rich in texture, rich in humor, rich in, in, in beautiful fucking songs, right? A Day, a day in the Life uh, is just what the fuck, right? What a, probably one of the most beautiful songs ever made. Um, and also... It, it was that driving force that made the industry uh, connect with people in in a, in a more um, 
artistic and complete way. Because that was the one, probably one of the first times that, oh, I have an album, so I have a tangible and well thought out face of an artist in my hands, you know? And, and not only a collection of songs that I previously heard. Uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, it's a pretty famous song from that record. But besides that, which one is like truly, really, really famous? Uh, well, in retrospect, all of them are popular. All Beatles songs are popular. Um, but yeah, in retrospect, uh, with the help of my friends, more popular because of the of the cover, because of the Joe Cocker cover. It's a uh, yeah, not really, uh, not really like a huge hit, right? Like Hey Jude is a hit, or Yesterday is a hit, right? It's 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 a more well packaged and one thing one thing depends on the other thing type of album. Although they don't have that, you know, true the nth degree but they do have that in this record and then you would see other artists like being really influenced by Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band of course that you had the, the, the zany idea of the dressing up and them being like a like a different band they were tired of being the Beatles because they reached like a, a really big hit with the especially with the beginning of their career that type of that success was already uh, well it's not already um up until 66 or 67 they were still getting like i want to hold your hand and twist and shout success you know and people that follow them because of that phase of course right because they were immensely popular the first band to break uh, out of the UK into the US, right? That was just not something not. It wasn't imagined up until that point, right? That a band could break in that way in the US. So, yeah, Sgt. Pepper's both the 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 beginning of the end and also the end of the middle in their career. Um, he has like the 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 oh, the Beatles. If they stay like more together as a band, in in a comp composition sense, in terms of composing things together and just think thinking things through more together, uh, they will probably evolve from what they did in Sgt. Pepper's own words, right? Um. I think that because they spread so much and they became like a like a more fragmented band, they still play together. Of course, they still rehearsed and they still they they still counted on each other for for their growth as 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 instru instrumentalists and composers and all that songwriters. They did their thing by themselves essentially. So especially John and Paul, uh, I mean. You can see a whole different discography if you only consider Paul's compositions and the same thing with John. It's a shame that George Harrison didn't have much much of a chance in many of the records. 
I believe that he has uh, in Sgt. Peppers. I think that he has one or two songs, if not that. It's never, it's never more than two. That I know for sure. Because in, because um, in Rubber Soul he has. Here comes the sun. Which is the most listening, listen to Beatles song in Spotify? Just so you know, you know George Harrison song. So for you to be the most underrated musical figure in history, you know, is just something crazy to consider that, you know, you, I do think that he's better than John Lennon. Honestly think that he's better than John Lennon as a, as a songwriter. But that's just me. Maybe. I don't know. So within or without you, obviously is a George Harrison song, right? I don't remember which other ones might be as well. Fuck me, man. Just show me the thing. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, of course, you have Magical Mystery Tour as well as something, you know, that's there. It's a pretty underrated album. It's good. It's nice. Blue Jay Wade is a George Harrison song, I think. Um, so you have... Getting Better is George Harrison? I don't remember. I, it might be. Let me see. Let me see. Let's do some invest. No. I think it's a... Uh, um, which one is George Harrison from, from um, Sgt. Peppers? Wait, let me see. Let me see, let me see, let me see. It's funny when you when you become a Beatles fan that you you recognize immediately who is singing and which song is which, right? Which which song is from which guy? Uh, it's funny to 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 get that ability. I I I do think so at least. Uh, let me just have a look here at Sergeant Peppers. This podcast is just it's just a great podcast, huh? Wouldn't you agree that it's a great podcast? I know that Ringo sings the, the, the first, second song, right? I'm curious now. I want to see which George Harrison is. Which George Harrison song is in the thing. Come on, dude. Yeah, it even says that in the in the it even says in the Wikipedia thing that it legitimizes albums as a, as a cultural cultural idea, right? As a cultural force, as a unifying thing. Because now you have, I mean, it's almost like. It's self-evident that an album should have like an over, overarching idea at least, right? Because, I mean, oh, I found it. Just within or without you, it's, it's crazy. It's so insane that he has one song in Sgt. Peppers. <laughs> yeah, 
it was really I mean he didn't deserve having one goddamn song in an album you know yeah he was like fucking he was fucking robbed you know <laughs> the talent that he had like the just yeah just fucking great he's great he's great he has the the, the most beautiful tunes that the Beatles ever put into recording I want to tell you love you too Taxman is great I often think that Taxman is Paul McCartney's but he's, he, it isn't it's not yet yeah just a a quick correction that I just saw the information there actually it wasn't the f oh no I said that I said it rubber soul they started doing the sitar um doing experimentations with eastern music and of course rubber soul started there revolver developed a little bit more and within without you it's a a fully fledged de development of that idea in the beatles right it's the longest song in the album though the one not the longest but one of the longest songs in the album um yeah george harrison is great really love him the documentary on him by uh martin scorsese is really good also he's a, a full-on wholesome uh great guy the, yeah thankfully he had a very very fruitful career solo career and i mean he immediately released all things must pass which was all Essentially, all the songs that didn't make the Beatles catalog, right? Because I mean, he he could have been the main driving force in that band. Of course, it would be a different band. Paul uh, and 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 John were the the, the character of it. Uh, they were the brain, but George was the heart, and Ringo was the legs, right? Which are important. You don't get anywhere without the legs. But George Harrison is great. But again, Sgt. Peppers. Musically, you have a lot of psychedelic stuff as well. You have that development in their style. Of course, that it comes with the with the Eastern influence as well. The more trippy stuff. You have the sitar, and you have the the tablas and the Indian instrumentation and all that. It kind of becomes more psychedelic, more trippy because of that. But um, overall, a very, a very British and 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 funny, funny album. You have a day in the life as being like one of the most incredible compositions, in my opinion. It's just one of their best songs, along with uh, something and here comes the sun and come together, and I want you. She's so heavy. Uh, hey Jude, of course, is great. Yesterday is great. I, mean, I have my I have my favorites. Right? That's besides the point. I will be heading off now. I appreciate you listening to this. Hopefully, you get some. Hopefully, you get one thing or two out of this. All right. Thank you.